The Red Room Theater, Episode 12, Raising Arizona. Every week, look at one of the movies that helped raise us up. Talk about how it raised us wrong and raised us right. Today we talk about the movie Raising Arizona and how it gave us a desire for a family at the same time made us think of family as a burden. This very well may be our most contentious pick of a movie yet. There are some people who hate this movie. Have you ever like... I don't understand it. First of all, what's contentious mean, fool? Contentious means some people don't like it. It's just there's a strong opinion. I, I've, I've, uh, you ever have, remember back in the day when you'd have friends over, you gotta go to the VHS store and pick a movie? I ain't and, never let no friends help me pick no movie. But you never had a, like you were at a party or something, everyone chose a movie and went back to watch it? Picking the movie's dangerous, because if you pick one, one, one... Well, it always got... It always, It was with my boys, it was always a bunch of movies. You, but you, you, you have to get a bunch and then But you go out. home and you choose. There ain't nothing worse than watching a bad movie. Oh, it's not worth picking a bad movie and everyone's looking at you like you're a chump. And then you try to stick up for it. <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> well, uh, I was at a party and I chose Raising Arizona because I thought everyone's going to love it. And nobody, and people literally got up and just left. Whose house? It was in college. We're at an apartment oh, in Chicago. You everyone, thought you were going to be this film like guru. <laughs> but here's the reality. This is a Coen Brothers film. And the Coen Brothers this for me, this is a test for people. If they like the Coens, I know they're a certain kind of movie person. Because the Coens do a certain kind of film. It's always heavy characters. There's similarities in everything they do. You you can tell halfway through if it's a Coen Brothers. Dude, the way they write, uh, way they write characters, the way they write um, dialogue, the way they film. I, I love the Coen Brothers. They always have really good music. Really good music. And uh, the Coen Brothers... Like, you're a rare bird, Tony, because you like the Coen Brothers character comedy. At the same time, you still love the slapstick Adam Sandler Ridiculous Six comedy. You, you love both worlds, you know what I'm saying? Um, the Coens, are, are, they're very divisive. Not everyone loves them. We love the Coen Brothers. You have Brothers. to have some kind of intelligence to, like, get all the stuff that's happening. And... I, not only that, and the humor's different too. It's 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 very different. They they're masters at making a little world in their film, and the world obeys all the rules. The th- well, the thing about the, the the slapstick Adam Sandler type thing, you don't have to sit and pay attention to the movie. Exactly, you can, you can mill around and then oh, this is hilarious. You have to pay attention to the storyline in a Coen Brothers movie because if you if you miss something, you're lost and you cannot get it back. And then you're going to spend time asking somebody what's going on, and then it's going to mess up the rest of the movie. <laughs> right. Very much that. so. Very much so. But they, they make little, like Raising Arizona, they create a world where the rules make sense in this world. Every time they do a movie, they create a little world inside of its own self that makes perfect sense inside the movie, but outside the movie, they make no sense. Um, so we're going to do our top three Coen Brothers films. So, Tony, I'm going to let you start us off, dude. Are you going to let me start it Because you're the man, dude. Oh, well, first of all, Raising Arizona, because that's my first Coen Brothers movie. Same here. We're kids, dude. And it, there was something about it just, like, it, we were real young. But loved Mom, it. Did Mom really like it? I think Mom loved it and showed it to us. Okay, because I remember I was just like, I loved, I loved this movie. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, Hudsucker for a second. Are uh, you serious? Hudsucker Proxy. I love that is a weird one. That's one of the weirdest 
best ones they ever did. Tim Robbins and Paul Newman. That's crazy. Paul Newman is great. Even even Anna Nicole Smith had a small scene in that movie, which was crazy. <gasps> she's the um the the elevator guy's girlfriend, right? No, she's Tim. She, isn't she in a party or something with Tim Robbins? But then when she's he's go- blowing up. Right. She's with him, and then later on, she's with the other guy, the guy that. Oh, the guy that had the idea for the straw? Yes! <laughs> the, it's just weird. It's, sucker. <laughs> it's the darkest comedy. Like when, when Newman is hanging out the window and Tim Robbins is trying to save him and he's holding his pants. And, and his pants are ripping. And then it, it, it goes to him with the tailor and he's like, uh, you want the double stitch? It's only whatever, a little bit more. And he's like, no, I don't need no double stitch. And it starts ripping. And then he, like, he goes to another... Uh, like dream sequence in his head, and the guy's like, "Oh, he's such a good man. I'm gonna give him the double stitch." <laughs> and his pants stop ripping. And he's like, "Oh!" And he lights cigar upside down, dude. Out the building, dude. Oh, it's it's crazy, dude. It's that movie's insane. That's also what people don't like. I love the Hudsucker Proxy, it, dude. Good luck getting anybody to hold on for a half an hour, dude. It's so wonderful, man. Okay, number three, man. It's a toss-up between... You gotta pick one, dude. I know, dude. <laughs> it's definitely not Lady Killers. I've never seen it. I haven't seen Burn After Reading either. True Grit was good, but I liked the original you too You love much. John Wayne so I much. I messed up by watching the John Wayne first. Um, I'm gonna have to go... Oh, Lebowski. I'm dumb. <laughs> For sure, Lebowski's my favorite. <laughs> the dude abides, bro. I almost said Fargo, and I was like, I don't know. And then I realized that the that the crazy dude is the same guy that's the Russian on Armageddon. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> my top three are going to have to be, I'm going to put Fargo in there. Because Fargo... Hey, Fargo is so depressing. It's a weird movie because it's not a comedy. It's th- Too bad the whole movie, you're freezing cold. It's crazy. I love that the hero is an eight-month pregnant cop, dude. She's the most. She's the hero of the movie. She's a gent. her and her husband's relationship <sighs> is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And they, they, he wakes up, makes her breakfast before she got to go to work, and he he doesn't really do much with his life, but he he, he does stamps, paints, paints and when for he, stamps. He wins the stamp in the middle of the movie. It's so awesome, dude. And she's so proud of him. <sighs> Man, I love their relationship. It's, I'm gonna go Fargo. I'm gonna go Old Brother Out Thou, cause that world they create. That movie's amazing. The music is so good, dude. It's and John Turturro's wonderful, dude. <laughs> dude, that movie is awesome. <laughs> and then number my number one is gonna be Miller's Crossing. Uh, because Turturro's so amazing, or because Goodman's so amazing. He's not in. Which one am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Barton Fink. You think of Barton Fink? My bad. Um, oh, Miller's Crossing's crazy. It's a gangster movie. The old man takes out all oh, the guys that try to kill him. It's one of those gangster movies. Too bad uh, Barton Fink, though, Goodman is, that's one of his best roles ever. It's a weird, Barton Fink's one of the weirdest ones he ever did. Um, I still don't really get it. I don't get the movie, but I really enjoy the performances in the movie, you know? But Miller's Crossing, to me, um, it, wow, it's... It, I put it up there is with the great gangster films. The language they use, the, the 20s, Prohibition era. Again, they create a world that's... What's the guy's name that's the star, the main guy? The guy who's the devil in the Schwarzenegger film. Which one? The Sixth Day? No, no, no. That's, uh, something, it was... 
he's also he's also usual suspects. He's, okay, the guy from Usual Suspects. What's that fool's name? Keating. Keating. Yeah. 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 What's his name in real life? He's got a name, a really familiar name. I just lost it. Dang it, Gina. Okay, we'll fight in the middle. Now Miller's Crossing. I I watch that literally probably once a month. I'll be up late doing work. Really. I'll put it. I put it on like when I'm doing work. Just behind, background. Background on my computer. But I, I love the lyrics, dude. I, I I always say, and no one knows. I say, "What's the rumpus?" And everyone's like, "What the crap does that even mean?" That's where you got that. That's from, from Miller's Crossing, dude, dude. You said that so many times in your sermons. <laughs> um, I also say. Uh, you fancy pants, all of you. I said it all the time to people, dude. I love that Remember line. Remember smacks his kid, dude? <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody hit you. <laughs> it's okay. We're still Are we friends. still friends? <laughs> That's bold, dude. But, uh, no, um, the Coen brothers, either you're in or you're out on them, we're in. We're all in. I all see in. every Both movie feet. they do. If they do a movie, I, I, I watch it. Like, I have not seen Inside Lou and Davis. Llewellyn Davis is a, but I want to see that one badly. I just haven't seen it yet. But it's the only one I've not seen of their whole their whole um, catalog. So we love the Coen Brothers. And let's go ahead and go into the world of Raising Arizona. What is the story of Raising Arizona? I mean, I don't even know where to start with that. I mean, it's a, it's a repeat offender that's in and out of jail all the time. All the time. That's the only life he knows. That's the only thing that brings him happiness. He's an outlaw, dude. He's an outlaw, and he's got a Woody Woodpecker tattoo that's awesome. Awesome. Nick Cage, one of his best performances, man. His hair's awesome. His sideburns. His accent His mannerisms. Yes. He's just chilled out, goofy. Like, usually, remember in, um, what movie was he in with the Southern accent that he did terrible at? Con Air. That accent came. I told you to put down the bunny. <laughs> Get out of here with your mullet. Too bad he was ripped up in oh, that movie. The accent, though, came and went in that movie. It was this so one, bad. He holds the line the whole film. I mean, um, everybody does an amazing job at that in this movie. They paint this weird Arizona redneck so well, I can't even believe it, dude. Got us a starter home in suburban, <laughs> t- or what is it? Suburban what? Tempe? Tempe. Dude. And it's um, a trailer. <laughs> and this, there's like two trailers at the end of this cul de sac. <laughs> but, uh, suburban. So he's He's a yeah, repeat offender, going to jail all the time, going to prison. And the same uh, woman is taking his mugshot every time. Every he, time. And he's flirting with her. He flirts with her, tells her jokes. He's awesome, dude. He's so funny. He does this move when he's walking out, and he like he like does a flower you are, and he smacks his own butt. That I, was hilarious. I do that all the time when I'm leaving a room. Just smack my own like hip, just like I'm bad. <laughs> he is funny. Dude. Show the tattoo. <laughs> but uh through that, going to prison, he keeps on meeting her, seeing her, and she's a police officer, and her fiance... Her fiance. <laughs> leaves her for someone else. She's taking the mugshot, but she's all upset. And she's just Visibly. Yep. And he's like, what's wrong, Ed? And then he feels upset. And he's all walking pace and getting mad. He gets totally ticked off. <laughs> you tell he, him uh, he's a dang fool. You tell him I said so. <laughs> if he wants, to, he wants to do something about it, he can find me at he the knows where Maricopa to find me. Maximum, security, <laughs> maximum Security Facility and tells him the road and he's walking out. Yeah, I'll, you tell him I'll be waiting. And he comes back. I'll be waiting. <laughs> it's like, dude, she's looking at him like, oh, man. Dude, um, it's so awesome. Then it comes back again, and it just keeps on. The relationship, relationship, relationship blossoms over his going to prison yeah, over the next over time again. he comes back, 
She's doing his fingerprints, and he tells her the joke, and then he puts the ring on her finger. It's cr- Don't worry, I paid for it. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but uh, he comes back, and they get married, and you see their life together. They, they're happy. He's got this horrible job, but she's at the end of the day, so he's just content. Yep. He's watering the dirt in front of their trailer. Me and Angie were watching that movie, and that guy's telling the story. Not Bill Parker, not that mother scratcher. Um, and my wife said, I love because I see it all the time. Call me with mother scratcher. And she said, I didn't know I got it from this movie. Um, but uh, One thing that your wife probably knows by now, and if I end up ever getting married... Every like crazy thing that we say comes from a movie somewhere. It's and it's funny when I'm watching a movie with somebody and then something that I say all the time comes on. I'm like, dang it, dude, you messed me up, Martin Lawrence. Dude, me and you were watching. Uh, I showed Happy Gilmore, and I had a line I always did when we were dating and and we're you know I was, I was trying to get, you know make her my wife. I'd always like call her and we talk and I'd be like, I want to kiss you all over, over <laughs> and again. And she thought you, I thought I was being sweet and. and Watch that movie, that line, because when he starts doing that, and she looks at me and You I was, watched that with her? I forgot that was where it was from. Too bad. That movie's rowdy. And uh, she, she said, look, so right me, I was like, I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> I didn't mean that. It all comes from that movie, dude. dude. it's crazy. I've seen your kids' fingerprints, and they suck. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. They're beautiful fingerprints. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. But, uh, oh, shoot. So, um. Don't even front. You love Adam Sandler, too, dude. Dude, I, he, dude he's, he's good, dude. So his new stuff. Is not I'd rather s- have a beer. <laughs> but, uh. They get married. Life's awesome. They want to have a baby. All they think about is that the, they, they talk about how perfect their life is. And the only thing missing is a baby. And then she says there's so much love in the world that every day they keep a child out of it is a day he's going to regret later in life. Like, it's like they're so passionate about having kids. Because they think like that's like her whole goal in life at this point is to be a mother. And then turns out they can't. And it, and, and it just it just like bottoms their life out. It just stops them in their tracks. So to form momentum until the Arizona Quints get born. Hence the name Raising Arizona. They're in Arizona, but there's also the Arizona Quints. And they're, of course, the children of... You know. <laughs> or my name ain't Nathan Arizona. Uh. <laughs> the owner of the largest unpainted furniture uh, chain. <laughs> that dude's hilarious. Your kitchen, bedroom, or boudoir. Boudoir. <laughs> But, uh, He's funny. What was she taking? The wife was taking something. Um, like fertility pills. Fertility, and she had five babies. And so they decide we're going to steal one of them. Because the, the dad jokes in the paper and says, more than we can handle. So they think... They're um, not going to miss one. Yeah, it's like they have, you know, so, someone can have so much. So the, the craziest part is, she's the a cop. And he's the criminal. And it's her idea to it's steal the baby. It's her idea to steal the baby. And literally, that's all the first 11 minutes of the whole movie. The, um, that's the whole opening monologue. It's incredible. And then when they drive off to go steal the baby, that's when the credits roll up. That's when the title comes up. You have incredible music, the, the yodeling. The that <laughs> whole beginning could have been a short film. It's Legit. so good. It kind of has. Nah, that, that mother's graduate. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, dude. <laughs> But uh, stinking um, <coughs> and then the story is just what happens, and what ends up happening is it's a series of misadventures because the baby keeps getting passed around from people to people, and uh, they steal Nathan Jr. The everybody falls in love with the baby. Everybody, like uh, first um, uh, Nick Cage's boss comes over, and he's a he's a stinking swinger. Remember, is so horrible. I'm talking white swapping. <laughs> 
It's like, I'm talking. I got the cure, man. <laughs> I know what you're going through. <laughs> you ever you feel like someone's just pressing down on you and you just can't breathe? It's like, I know what you're talking about. I told you not to lose some weight. <laughs> That's so I never funny, got joke, dude. But uh, <laughs> the guy tries to take, like, dude, he's like, he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, Talking wife swapping. I'm talking. I'm sex. talking swinging. I'm talking wife swapping, <laughs> dude. And his he just jacks him. He hits him so hard. Um, but the boss, so his boss, finds out he stole the baby. He wants the kid. He's like, we're gonna be calling him um, Glenn Junior from now on. And you know what? Glenn and Dot are great characters. They're so funny. Get that diaper off your brother's head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, something, what does he say? Mordecai. Mordecai. <laughs> Dude, all the kids' names are biblical as a mug. He, uh, he, uh, he always uh, tells uh, Polak jokes. jokes. And they're you ever heard the one about the Polak that had a pile of crap in his hands and said, Look what I almost stepped in? Dude, he goes, he goes How many Polak think they take a screw with a light bulb? Three. Five. <laughs> three. <laughs> Wait, just, no, that's not how it goes. He's like, Why do it take three Polak screw a light bulb? Because they're so darn stupid. <laughs> He's so dumb, dude. Dude, they're terrible <laughs> jokes. Three. <laughs> Wait, no, that ain't how it goes. He starts cracking up, dude. <laughs> oh, but they're great characters, man. Um, they want it, and then Nicolas Cage's criminal friends break out of the prison, out of jail. They want the they they steal the kid for the. Those two are awesome. We're they're brothers. Those, yep. They uh, break out of prison, and I'm telling you, watching that breakout when they come out of the mud screaming. <gasps> That's crazy. Dude, there's a scene where they're driving, and they, they lost the kid. I left the kid. Because they put him on the roof of the car, and, and the then car took off. took off, and they start screaming and punching the dash. And We're going to call him Gale Jr. She looks over at me and just stares, because I get Because you're dying? No, because when I used to get mad, I'd punch the scream dash. and punch the dash, dude. You do that in front of your wife? No, what? I told her I used to do it. She never saw it. Oh, dude. Like, she's her stories that I used to, I'd leave when we get an argument. I'd go out driving, just punching the crap out of the dashboard, screaming Jeez. about life. She looks over at me. I'm like, I'm sorry, baby. I get it all from this movie. <laughs> I didn't. I forgot about that scene, too. But, uh, so, you know, Glenn Jr., Gail, everyone wants this baby for themselves. I call him Ed Jr., Hi Jr. And the thing is, though, they don't even want him for the reward. They want the baby. They want to raise, they love, everyone loves this they kid. They fall wants in love with the baby. Um, well, they bring the baby in for the stinking heist, dude. Dude, they're, they're like ready to go in. The two rob, the uh, heist friends. Well, suppose we go in there and get ourselves killed. It'd be hours before somebody finds them. <laughs> this kind of baby in the, dude, it's crazy. But the whole time there, this story's going on, and everyone's trying to steal the, the baby's getting passed around, stolen. There's a, a bounty hunter in the midst of Nathan it. Nathan Arizona puts a reward out. And the bounty hunter shows up. And he, is, and he tells Nathan, he's so evil, he tells him, okay, well, I know you got this reward, but this is how much I want. And if you won't pay it, the I'll market. get the baby, but the market might pay it. The black market will buy a healthy white baby. That's crazy. And this guy, here's a question, dude. Is that bounty hunter a bounty hunter? Is he a demon from hell? I think he's a demon. Because he, like... Because the fire and the... When he gets shot, the fire comes out of his hands? Yeah, and, and it, I still don't understand why they both have a Woody Woodpecker tattoo. I, are they brothers? They might... I, he might be the uh, highest demon, so to speak, that he's fighting. Dude, because the thing is, there's a scene where he says, like, I myself... I'm, 
caught thirty thousand on the black market. That was nineteen sixty-three dollars, which I never understood. Which means he was sold as a baby and raised in in the uh, an outlaw. That's why he's such a crazy dude. So he is might, that what that means? I always wondered what that meant. He was sold as an infant. He's the Terrifying. He could be Nicolas Cage's long lost brother, dude. dude. He's a big dude to be doing a spinning bat kick and landed it on Nicolas Cage. Like, dude, he's bad. Dude, ba- he, I love the scene when they're fighting at the end and Nick Cage is like throwing, like, oh, like he's gagging out oh, of fear. Yeah, he's, he's dry heaving because he's so scared. Dude, how about when he drags him from behind the car and his like fingertips are scraping on the cement and oh. you're like, he's just like, no. You know that's fear when you're, when you're, when you're dry heaving. That's like Nicolas Cage, play, that, that fear, I, I'm scared too. Like you're fighting someone you can't hurt. You're fighting someone that you can't beat. You're just helpless. He's like, like he, it's so scary he's dry heaving. That's crazy. That, that's got to be the worst feeling. Just helplessness. In the midst of a battle, dude. Oh, oh. Trying, to, trying to take care of your girl and the baby, and this guy's raising. And your woman's right there, man. Trying to save her, and you just got no. Oh, dude. So the movie just is. It, they. It's just the story about them loving a baby, everyone loving a baby, but in the end, they have to get the baby back because it's not their baby. And they realize we're the same as all those other people that are robbing the baby from us. We're the same as Glenn. We're the same as Gail and his brother. We're the same as Stinkin' the Bounty Hunter because it's not our baby. Give me back my son. <laughs> Dude, nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so that's the story of the movie. Now, let's go hash into the cast. And this is where the Coen brothers shine. They can pull they out performances. Put, it's like they know who's perfect for the role. They can just... Insane. Who would have thought that the guy from Leaving Las Vegas could do a role like this? The guy from Ghost Rider, dude. <laughs> uh, and the, the Cohen, so they get Nick Cage to do Hyde McDonough. Again, we already said it. Is that his first movie? Oh, no, no. no. He was in some old 80s. Valley movie. Girl. Yeah. He did a vampire movie early on. Terrible. Um, Holly Hunter's great in this. She's Awesome. I don't know what else she did, but she, in this, she's wonderful. Um, she had that whack show for a while. Which show? Uh, the something. Holly Hunter's show? Yeah, the, the Closer. No, it wasn't The Closer. Was it The Closer? She wasn't she a was show. She was a lawyer or something? She's also in the movie Eye for an Eye with, uh, with the Sally Field. Field. Yep. Really? She was her partner. Too um, bad Kiefer Sutherland is an awesome bad guy. Holy um, cow. Now, Goodman? Goodman's great in everything. He, hey, this is... I think Goodman shines the most in Coen Brothers films. Dude. Barton Fink. What did I say? Ben Barton Fink. Big Lebowski? He's incredible he, in Lebowski. Dude, I'll tell you what. The dude, Goodman, and Buscemi are amazing trifecta. <laughs> dude. Oh, I quote all the time. You're out of your element, Donnie. I always quote that. Donnie, dude. shut the... <laughs> But, I cannot uh, wait to do the Big Lebowski. Uh, sneak it up. And then also, even in um, Oh Brother, We're Out Thou, he plays the Cyclops, dude, the Bible salesman. Oh, and, out of nowhere, and, and George Clooney's all confused before he gets knocked out. <laughs> That's Clooney's so stupid that he like, like, Holly Hunter's in that one, too. It's his wife. <gasps> she is. Yeah, and she married oh, that goof dude. that beats him down. The 30s-style boxer. <laughs> but, uh... Goodman is wonderful in this dude. He, Gale, the line, his lines are Gale amazing. Gale and Evel are just wonderful. I can't believe William Forsythe played a role like that. He's a, a little bit role. He's playing a bit to John Goodman because Goodman steals the show. He's dude. Goodman's baby brother. Yeah, dude. Let me tell you this. 
in that movie I watching uh, they're 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 greasers they're awesome dude they're putting pomade in their hair they're putting way too much it's awesome <laughs> And then they're like combing it and just oh, slopping it in, dude, like ooh, just, dude. But uh, they're Damper eating Dan, man. they're eating cornflakes, dude. Like we did, dude. They, it's you, so much sugar. You can't eat cereal and look cool. You can't. You always slur. You, you, they don't look cool eating it. They look gross. There's like they're like, like, like hogs. The milk's coming down their These mouths. These are delicious cornflakes, Miss <laughs> McDonough. He goes. Like she made the dang cornflakes. It's like, so why aren't you breastfeeding this kid? He's like, he says, he'll hate you for it. That's why we're criminals. (laughs) I forgot about that part. Dude, they're so stupid, dude. There's a scene where where Goodman's using a chicken leg as a prop. Remember that? He's pointing it. He puts it to his head like, you got to think about this. The chicken leg, he's touching his head with that greasy thing, dude. he's eating it. Oh, man. But he's great. President McDormand is great in this. She's and, and she's amazing in Fargo. They, so Take the, that diaper off your brother's head. Um, and there's the guy who plays Glenn. His name's Sam McMurray. He looks just like Jim Brewer, just like him. The guy from Half Baked. Yeah, I know who he is. They look like the similar. They, they they have the same similar hair and similar facial face? expressions. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, I, they're not related. They look like the same stinking dude, dude. That dude's pretty funny. He's pretty funny. Um, so, what's your favorite scene in this movie? You got to do yours first. Okay, my favorite scene in this movie is the eleven-minute prologue. There are other movies that do a solid prologue before the credits roll. This is eleven minutes before the movie. The, the credits come. It up. seems like it's five minutes long, though. Like the at music the most. behind it is wonderful. The um. You meet all the characters, and you feel like you know the okay, the world. You understand the world completely when the movie begins. It what paints the a whole picture, and then you're in it for the rest of the movie. It's like it, it like gets you mentally prepared for the rest of the movie. Oh man, I watch it. I laugh. I enjoy it. Um, it's it's just this eleven minute prologue. You know Hi, you know Ed, you know Criminal Cop, you know their life together. It's almost, I'm going to say this, and it's almost going to sound blasphemous. It's almost like a non-sentimental version of the prologue in Up. SMH. <laughs> I'm Shake saying, my head. But that, that's Too bad. That is the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. Me and uh, Katie Former Reed went and seen that, the movies, and we were both crying watching that. Dude. That was, I'm like, I thought we were going to see a cartoon. That, that a, was the saddest it's ever. It's a mini movie, that prologue is. But this prologue sets the world the tone. I watch that prologue sometimes just for fun, randomly during my day. I love it. it it's, a, it's, it's great filmmaking what that is. What's your favorite scene? The the end prologue, the whole like the epilogue, they the call epilogue, it. the way the the way the movie wraps up. It just they're so down and out. They want to get divorced. Right? She's like, you know, she's just she doesn't have anything left. We're giving the kid back. You and I are bad for one another. We're done. And um, when she tells him that in the car, she's like, and even if we get Nathan Jr. back, I don't want to spend my life with you. And you see it visibly shakes Nick Cage. It basically like what's well, like, the only thing he had to live for was her, and she says we're over. Well, when they when they give the kid back, and uh, Nathan Arizona has to talk with Nick Cage, even when he finds out that they the one they're the ones that took him, 
And he's he he uh, husband to husband, he can tell. Right. And he tells him, you know, that he thinks that they're done. They're gonna they're gonna you know get a divorce. Split up. And um, Nathan Arizona gets serious, and he he's talking about how much he loves his wife and how he don't know what he'd do if she ever left him. And he tells Nick Cage, he says, sleep on it. And it's a crazy scene because we watched it with my wife when I watched it the other day. And Nathan Arizona is not a, he's not a, like a romantic he's not a husband. Uh, he, uh, he's just kind of, he's just, dude, there's a part with Nathan Arizona where he's like, uh, yeah, we've heard that your kid might have adopted by aliens. And he comedy goes, don't, don't print, print that, that, son. <laughs> what, what does he say? He's like, my wife will lose all hope. <laughs> 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 he's not, he's not, dude, he's not a great husband, but he's, he gets real serious. At one point he goes, man, if Florence left me, I don't know what I'd do. I love her so. And he gets all choked up. And my wife started crying. Like she got missed it over because it's such a sweet, you can see how much he really, truly loves his wife. And so he tells him sleep on it. So they go home to go to sleep. Well, when they go home and they're, they're, they're both super quiet. Yep. And they lay down and they go to bed. And he has this this dream, and through the whole movie, and the dream he has sequence dreams. The is dream, the dreams in this movie are great. Yeah, he uh, they dream about going to Nathan Junior's games, football games, and he's like this big star, and they're just in the stands watching, and they you know send him presents you know randomly, and um, but then it goes to an older couple, they, and you know it's them. He's just saying what he sees. And it's uh, just an older couple sitting at a table with their kids and their grandkids and this whole family. Oh, you know, they love Everyone's their mom smiling. and dad. It's crazy. And then just the way he closes it. Like, he just talks about um, a world where, what does he say? How does he say and it? Every kid is loved and every parent is can, happy. Yeah, and, and every, like, every family can provide. And, it's, it's sweet, dude. And then how does it, what's the last thing? He line? goes, it's like, in a land not too far away. Maybe it's Utah. <laughs> and, and then music. <laughs> Cue music. It ends. It's beautiful. It's stinking beautiful. Man. I love that final scene. Makes you want to drink a pop, man. <laughs> now, uh, before we get into our Raise This Wrong and Raise This Right section, I want to uh, do a little prom- promotion, um, uh, promoting ourselves. Um, we want to actually give a, us a five-star rating on iTunes, okay? Um, this allows people to find our podcast. I also want you to know that if you're an Android listener, a lot of our Android listeners that have Android tablets or phones have to go to the website and stream it, which is not great for your data usage. But what we did was finally got our podcast on Stitcher. You can download the Stitcher app on your Android device and listen to Rhythm Theater through Stitcher and download it when you have Wi-Fi and listen to it offline and use no data. So there you go. It's on Stitcher. Enjoy Rhythm Theater. Now, I want to read one of our five-star reviews we had on the iTunes store. This is from someone called Blacklight Bullies, whoever that is. And they said, too bad this is the best podcast ever if you grew up in the 80s and 90s and love good movies. Don't miss this one. So Blacklight Bullies, thank you for the five-star review. I want to ask you to go ahead and Facebook message me, um, Facebook message Red Room Theater or Twitter DM Red Room Theater and uh, message us your address, and we're going to send you some free swag this week in the mail. Thank you for giving us a five-star rating. We want to just say thank you and send you some movie swag for free to your mailbox. If they're saying too bad, that's one of my boys. <laughs> I can't believe I don't know who it is. Black like bully. So go ahead, Facebook DM or Twitter message the Red Room Theater, and we will send you some swag this week. So no further ado, let's raise this right, right raise this wrong. First, raise this right. 
How could a goofy comedy raise us right? I'll tell you how. Tony told you his favorite scene. And I don't know how this happened, Tony, but even though we grew up in crazy Psychoville, since I can remember... And Finkel was the mayor. (laughs) (laughs) No No matter what happened in life, deep down in me, I've always wanted a family. That, that dream at the end is the dream of my life. To be an old man with a woman next to me and my kids and grandkids coming home. And I don't know how that got in me so early. This movie helped me have a, a desire to have a family. Um, it, you, know, it's, it's, you think that coming from a hard life, you wouldn't want to have a, a family. Well, one of the things is, is when, you, when you grow up around like seeing people that hate when kids are kids and like it's just a weird thing that did for us like we love kids man like love kids and kids can tell you know and and it's I always had an example of how not to be and so that's like like for me it's like it's my turn to to do what I never had when I was a kid and I, I mean, I want to get married. I'm, I'm 35 years old, man. I'm ready to get married and have kids, do the whole nine. I mean, Dude, I have you always wanted to have kids, dude? What? You know it. I'm telling you, it's, in, it's inside. Too bad. Down. I mean, it's cool being Uncle Tony, the coolest uncle ever. Coolest but I mean, uncle ever. Can you, you imagine are. me as a dad? Dude. I might stop saying the F word, dude. <laughs> Dang. No, that might be too big a leap for you. I dude. mean, okay, baby steps, dude. Baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> Pacino in um in instead of a woman, uh, he takes the gun from him and he's like, "How about so, he, he gets some? He gets his Jack this, Daniel. Jack, yep. He goes, How about some some Coca Cola?' He goes, too big a leap for me.' <laughs> <laughs> I, I can kill relate. myself. I can relate. But <laughs> too big a leap. <laughs> I love that line. Wait till we do son of a woman, bro. <sighs> Want to talk about favorite scenes? We got the same one. Heck yeah! Take a flamethrower to this place, dude. Okay, um. I might have a different one. Okay, anyways, um, but deep down, we've like I, I, I remember being a young man. I'm 20 years old. I'm in college. I come home to my little basement room in my mom's house. I'd go downstairs to go to sleep. I look at my bed and I'm like, I'd feel lonely. I wanted to, to share that with somebody. I wanted someone to be in my life. That's just called being a 20 year old. Nah, <laughs> it wasn't like that <laughs> in college. I know what you want to share your bed with. Oh, Man, no, it was just. <laughs> I'm lonely down here. Who can I call? <laughs> Dude, Bing Reams, all we did was cut <laughs> Shoot. No, but uh, that was my favorite line too. <laughs> but uh, stinking like, I've always wanted this movie. Put that dream. Like my wife asked me, why do you, you know, talk about kids? And I'm like, babe, someday our kids will be older. They'll have their own kids, and they'll all come home, and it will be, it'll be the good life, man. The good, and you know what? Even though we never saw for a long time, we never saw couples go the distance. We never saw couples get married rarity, for thirty man. years. But deep down, I wanted that for my own life. I wanted to get married and be in it and be old with the same person. And to me, that's it's nothing more beautiful to me than that, dude. Having a, a good woman and kids, and I, I, I know it's not going to be easy, but I've wanted it forever. When I when I talked, uh, Angie and I were getting, you know, talking about marriage, I told her up the bat, I, I want to have kids. I want to. I want to be a father, and that was a big important thing to me. And this movie helped put it there. So, raised us right. We were desired for a family. Raised us wrong. Um, 
it's funny. This movie made me want a family, but it also made me afraid. Would you put this down for me, man? A settling down. A wife versus the good life? No, the th- dude, remember what the boys come over, dude? And I remember the difference between your boys coming over and my boys coming over. <laughs> a wife versus the good life. I'm saying, like, when... when no, um, you're absolutely right. When, when High's at home and his friends show up, and they're laughing in the front room. Dude, they're killing like, it. Dude, he's like... Oh, he's home! And they're, like, yelling and, and laughing. laughing. She walks in, like, I, like, hating, like, she's looking at him, like... Dude, what are these guys doing? Here? I feel bad because I've been that guy for my homies before. <laughs> I show up there like drinks, <laughs> music, and we're like laughing, and then all of a sudden, uh, Mama comes home, and they're like, "Hi, Tony." And I'm just like, "Dang, smell you later, Holmes. I guess I'm going down the street." <laughs> happened to me more i've been the jerk single buddy man oh, dude but um like angie asked me the question watching it she goes who's wrong her or him and for a long time i always Listen, thought you know you always got to say what she thinks no but deep for a long time when i first saw this movie i thought she's overreacting let him have his friends you know what i'm saying like so part of me and then he writes the letter because he's gonna leave her remember he writes a letter where he signs at Herbert. Remember, that's because you realize his name. He's going to abandon the family. He's like, you know what? I, I, I'm too wild. I can't settle down. I got, you know, you're better without me. He's going to leave his family and leave them. Okay, now that's a stretch when he does that. That's, that's, he's but wrong. Goodman's but, telling him. Like, he's like, you know. Well, you know, that's because that's because he's got a problem because they're getting in his ear. And he's like, yeah, you're right. Like, they're, they're pumping him up. And you got to be a man. But I mean, dude, you still got your homies. I'm saying, I'll like, turn it down, baby. Dude, I'm saying, when I was young, for a long time, high school, college. New I, Comic Wednesday. I never wanted to really commit because I'm like, what if there's someone cooler? And so I always had a foot out the door. We're really going to have this conversation, dude? My longest <laughs> relationship is like six months. We're going to have this conversation. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> like, the, the, I used to say this. I used to say this we only like, got one friend worse, worse at commitments than me, dude. We ain't even going to say his name. <laughs> I know his greatest fear. Oh, oh uh, it ain't spiders. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm stinking. I used to say this in college. I used to say, Good old know, young adult retreat. Dude, I used to say, I'm a superhero. I'm not going to hang up my cape for some girl. Because when I was young, I could drive, I, I could go somewhere for the weekend, just drop everything and leave. I could do whatever I wanted. Yeah, but when you get older, you realize you put the cape on for your woman. Legit. Shoot. But for a while, in your head, it's like, Right now, I'm free to do whatever I want. If I have a commitment, I have responsibility. And responsibility is weight. Responsibility means I have to say no to people even though I might want to do something. It means that I have to say yes to this first over my own happiness. And that's tough. And for a long time, I avoided that because I thought being free was the best thing in the world. But you know what? Being free is worth nothing if you're alone, man. Being free... (laughs) It's like that MXPX song, Responsibility, what's that? Not quite yet. <laughs> That's the story <laughs> of my life, dude. But uh, this movie, I watch it, I'm like, you know, I used to just be, like, Nicholas Cage says it, I feel like this is the weight pressing down. Dude, when I'm we got- I told her to lose the weight. <laughs> that was hilarious. He's like trying dude. to confide in him. But uh, I'm the other guy, dude. I'm, I'm such dude, a jerk. Um, what is it? Uh, when we got pregnant with Lena, I felt the weight and it was scary. I can see why guys bail. 
Because the fear of a family and growing up is hard. Like being a kid is better than easier than being an adult. Well, that's because like in this day and age, man, marriage don't mean what it used to. They're still out. But when it's when the kids start coming, it's like, psh. well, actually, you know what? This day and age, people still people bail on that. Still too. bail on that too. Busters. Um, Love you, Dad. <laughs> I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. I'm ready to get up and leave on this chair. Dang. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to hit the edit button on that one. Dude. Come back and erase it. Oh, shoot. But, um, <laughs> but um, so... <laughs> How does we raise this wrong? It, it it didn't it didn't make this, but it helped fan the flame of being afraid of commitment. And for me, it took me a long time to get over that. I was a bad boyfriend for a long time to a lot of girls because I didn't want to be all in. I wanted to keep one foot outside. I'm surprised for such a nerd how many girls you had, dude. That was crazy. Uh, what are you gonna do, man? You know how to talk. You're, you're a poet, dude. Dude, didn't even know it. But uh, that's how this movie raised us wrong and raised us right. You can follow all things Red Rum on Twitter at Red Rum Theater or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Red Rum Theater. Next week for our movie, um, we are covering one of the greatest action flicks to come out of the 80s. There, there may be no more 80s movie than the movie we are talking about next week. Next week, we watch Commando. Oh, yes. It's time to bring Arnold onto the show. We will see you next week right here at the Red Rum Theater. one of the movies that helped raise us up. Talk about how it raised us wrong and raised us right. Then we talk about the movie Aliens and how it gave us... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid! <laughs> it's a typo! It's a script! Scratch it out! <laughs>